Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. This episode is called Attachment Styles. How is it affecting you? So there's a reason for this. As always, I like to bring in my life into this podcast and share with you what is going on. The people around me right now, oh my goodness, I have so much love and compassion for them because I think I've been an anxious attachment probably style person for a good portion of my life and I didn't realize it I didn't know what it was (laughs) and um and like peeling back the layers to help friends I'm like wow you know what I have a lot of these qualities I think a lot of us overlap in our attachment styles um in relationships but this is going to be a fun episode because I want to talk about how these attachment styles that we have are actually affecting our health how is it affecting how we do things how is it affecting how we function in a day-to-day it is so much deeper than what I think we here on the surface when we talk about attachment styles, guys. So let's get into this today. I'm so excited. I have so much to share. Here we go. And thanks for joining. So I bumped into this whole attachment style information through listening to another podcast, actually, someone else's podcast, and they were talking about anxious attachment styles um, because most people actually fall into that category. It's a big big group of us. (laughs) And let me tell you why. Because what it really means is that there's a struggle to feel secure within a relationship, often because there's fears of abandonment, mistrust, or low self-esteem. And a lot of these things are things that have been going on inside us since our childhood, you know, back to the subconscious mind that I like to really talk about a lot and in depth. Because if for any reason, there's this sort of fear-based thing happening within you, within any type of relationship. I mean, this doesn't have to just be a, a love partner, you know, this could be anything. But if you're constantly sort of self-doubting or, you know, wondering if things are about you or, you know what I mean, putting stuff like that on yourself, that's a self-esteem kind of thing, <laughs> you know? And I think, I don't think I realized that I was this way, but I, cause I, this is how I explained it. I always said, well, my husband Barry was perfect for me because he was really good at constantly bombarding me with compliments. This was not something that I asked for. It was just his personality type. Like if he thought you looked beautiful, he was going to tell you 30 times and it, he would be like telling me with actions, words, um, text throughout the day, I was constantly fed this reinforcement that fed into me feeling secure. And I didn't realize it was happening. I had no idea that this was sort of at play. And, and honestly, it's why I trusted him so emphatically, because it's hard to believe that somebody would, you know, be unfaithful or um, not be, you know, just a good person if they are constantly telling you how wonderful they think you are, right? It makes you feel like you're the center of their universe. And so I didn't realize how that was feeding that insecure part of me. I didn't think I was insecure. I'm actually quite a confident person. So I'm realizing it now because in the absence of my husband after he passed away, uh, without having that feedback, you now require an internal self-satisfaction, Like, I don't have anybody to tell me when I, you know, get my new certification or when I um, look good that morning when I get dressed or whatever. I don't have anybody telling me those things. I have to tell myself those things, that I'm a strong person, that I am a beautiful person. I have to know that inside myself. And this, I know I talked about a recent past episode about the wholeness factor. 
this is what it means to like find yourself, know yourself, you know, have this inner self-confidence is that you have to be aware at how amazing you are without other people telling you it. So for those who are anxious attachment style within a loving relationship, quickly, I've been watching this going on around me with a, a few friends all at once. So it's really interesting. I was meant to talk on this topic um, that they don't hear back from their person who they just spent the whole night talking to. And first thing in the morning, they're not getting a good morning text and they are all up in their stuff about, you know, why not? Where is it? We just had this great night. Where'd they go? Why am I not going to hear from them for two days? Well, think about that for just a second. You know, you just took a good chunk of their night, a lot of their time, and we know time is value. Um, and so they, they gave a lot of themselves to you. And then immediately the next day, what, we don't even allow them to use the bathroom to have a minute <laughs> to get to work on time? It's funny. And, um, and I've been guilty of this before of like, you know, because once there's a pattern especially established of like an every day you hear from somebody at a certain time, people get up in their heads. Well, you don't if you're not, if you're secure within the relationship, if you don't have this anxious attachment, you don't worry about it. You know that people are living their lives and you're confident and you're happy and you're doing your own life. So what is interesting? Now let's go back to season one. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you'll already know this information. And for those who are new, this is something I used to talk on a lot is cortisol. <laughs> it's a lovely little hormone that our body makes. And it used to be so valuable back in caveman times, you know, back when there was saber tooth tigers trying to trying to take our very lives. But these days, it's more of a hindrance because our bodies are getting to the point of releasing it when it doesn't match the threat. Um, so if you're in traffic, there's no need for cortisol to spike and stay high, right? Um, maybe it is important that it spikes if a car is about to smash into you and then it should drop down. But the problem is we're in this loop of it staying really high and releasing cortisol constantly jeopardizes your health. It can cause cancer. It can cause all kinds of things. I mean, the list is phenomenally long. So this stress hormone that is out of balance in a lot of us, what do you think happens with an anxious attachment style? It is running way more than it should be. It is literally making your body sick. So if you're sitting there worrying, you're waiting by the phone, you're, you know, wondering if you said the right thing, if you're, um, you know, having all this self-doubt, and is it about me, or why are they doing this or that? Listen, let's just say we're all so different. Another person's actions, I would say nine times out of ten, have nothing to do with you. It's their own stuff, their own dialogue in their head, their own busy schedule, their own like uh, fears or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with you. There's interesting ownership that we want to take over other people's behaviors and then somehow twist it around to make ourselves not measure up or not be enough. What on earth? <laughs> right? I'm here to say you are enough. Uh, you don't need that feedback from them in order to know it. So when we talk about feeling whole before you go into a relationship, this is really what it means. Get yourself into the right mindset so that you are fully aware of your value, your importance, what you need, what you deserve. And then guess what? If there is a person who can't give you that, because there are people who just, it's they just aren't good texters. They aren't good communicators. They're just too busy. Maybe they're not even at a point where they, you know, are really at a great place to be a good partner. You need to be able to have that 
inner oomph <laughs> that's sort of like, I know my worth and value and what I need. So I'm okay with walking away from this. Um, and as soon as I adopted that really, that like, you know, identity within myself, it changes you. It makes you realize that, you know what, I, I am fully whole and full and enough. And if somebody else isn't going to give me the things that make me feel good, I don't need it. But <laughs> let's, let's give a little butt here. There is like no need to. <sighs> so if I guess what I'm going to say is if you're still in an unhealthy place of needing that feedback, though, that you look beautiful today. Oh, wow. Look at you. Look at what you're doing. I'm so impressed with you. That kind of stuff. You're needing that feedback. That's still a you need to work on you thing. That's a that not like, oh, they're not meeting my standards of what I need. That's a issue of. You need to work on knowing all those things without needing it from someone else, right? Um, that part's important, I think, because otherwise you could walk away from a really great person and they're not feeding the ego that you need or they're not reinforcing or, um, you know, what the perfect word for this is, they're not um, an enabler to what you're doing. They're confident um, in knowing like that they're with a confident person, right? So they don't feel the need to enable that behavior of yours by constantly throwing you the bone on giving you what you need and reaching out when it's not convenient for them and all this stuff. That's not meaning they're a bad person. Um, and if they really are somebody that you're very attracted to or that you really wanted to make a relationship go with, you're going to have to fix that part of you that needs that because it'll feel so much better. Like, let's say you did walk away and said, no, you know what? I know I just need this. This fuels me. This is my love language. I need someone who's going to tell me that I'm beautiful every day. They're going to, you know, wake up. I'm the first thing on their mind and they immediately text me. That's something I need. And then you walk away. Well, the problem is it wasn't tied up with them and their lack of giving. It was tied up with your expectation being way too high and basically, you know, an unnecessary thing that you're needing <laughs> that you should be able to already have within you. So walking away from that doesn't make that go away because guess what? You wake up the next morning. They're no longer in your life. You walked away, you set your boundary and you walked off and now you're waking up alone again. You're by yourself. You still haven't found a loving partner who can meet all those expectations because let's be honest, they're unreal expectations. <laughs> and then you're back to square one with another person and it's the same pattern repeat. And then you start to convince yourself it's because no good guys are out there and there are no good ones left that they're, you know, men don't do this. Men can't fulfill this need. And the reality is it's not that it's you. I hate to say that, but it's the fact it's because you have not yet realized outside sources can't provide you with inner love. <laughs> they can't. They can definitely make it so that you feel those things and you feel like, oh, well, they see it. Well, then therefore I must be it. But guess what happens in that scenario? If anything should happen to that relationship, you now not only lost the relationship, you lost all your self-worth, all your value, all your everything, because it was tied up in the person. It was never truly coming from inside your own soul and heart. So you've got to get to the place of just knowing these things that's the part that's so important because then when somebody like, I'll use a scenario when I do think walking away is warranted. Like, let's say you had somebody who would, who was just so like loving and adoring towards you. And they were always saying, oh, you're, you know, I'm so proud of what you do and whatever. And then all of a sudden 
that disappears and they disappear and their time disappears and they're not in any other way showing you that love and you have healthy communication around it. You say, hey, I miss this or this was something that you used to do that really made me feel good and they can't show up for that. That means they've changed, right? That might be a different scenario in which maybe their attention is somewhere else. Maybe you have lost Um, you know, that type of connection. And now you're like, you know, you're never receiving it. You're never knowing it. They never validate what you need to hear. And that might be different because there's a big difference between like, I need this to feel okay, or I'm in a panic. Where are you? What's happening? Why am I, you know, what did I do? Was it something I said? Was it the last text message I wrote? That is total insecurity screaming. But if it is, I haven't heard from them in days and, you know, I just made them this breakfast this morning I did whatever and you're trying to show your love towards them and it's just never reciprocated or um, they're sort of ghosting or disappearing that might be different but trying to figure that all out is hard if you're not in a healthy space because no matter what it's easy to like hop on the bandwagon of yeah with your girlfriends right it's them or with your guy friends yeah she's not doing it whatever you know she used to do and you can get other people rallied up behind you no doubt but you really got to evaluate what it is that you're looking for that's missing and is it a healthy thing right is it really just like our own insecurities like oh i really liked it when she used to like touch me all the time or whatever because it made me feel like i was loved and now all of a sudden she never does that anymore well i mean start with talking to your person like hey i miss you. you used to hold my hand all the time where are you come back i miss that that was us and it felt so good it made me know that you wanted everyone to know i was yours and if you can communicate those things, most often you'll get whatever it is back and they might not even realize they drifted. But if it is like coming from a place of like, so this is like more the the anxious attachment thing, what I think would be a little more of a like, you're just keeping it in your head, you're building it up and making this list of like all the things and now you have a story attached. It must be what I'm not doing or like because, you know, he's got his eyes on someone else or I don't look good enough. I need to lose weight. Like I've heard it all. And I think there's a lot of self beating up over things that are really not about you. I think we're busy. We are a very, very busy, you know, species. We're just, we have so many things going on. Our minds are constantly racing and thinking of the next thing. And it's for a lot of people, once they've checked the relationship box and they feel like they've got a good thing going, they give a little less time and attention to it. But that doesn't mean if they realize that that's in jeopardy because their behavior has changed, that they wouldn't give more to it. So um, I hate seeing my friends who've been in these beautiful, long relationships who are all of a sudden like feeling like things are coming to a halt because none of that magic is there anymore. And it's like, have you really discussed it? Because my husband and I had a lot of, I mean, we're talkers by nature. Hence, I have a podcast and he used to be you know, in a public speaking light all the time too. We're both big talkers. So that was never our issue. And I honestly think good communication makes or breaks a marriage. Uh, But you have to have that because, I mean, I've learned just through texting with people, there's tonality and there is the way in which things are said that can be read so many different ways. You guys know I love my Anais Nin quote, Um, but it is all about like, you're gonna read things through your own lens in your own way. And you're going to not necessarily see it the way it was intended with the inflection in someone's voice. 
So talking, like an actual conversation, <laughs> hearing each other's voices, you know, and in person, whenever you can, eye contact, all these things, it's all communication. Um, and just letting them know what feels good. I feel like most partners want to make their partner feel good. And they want to be felt, they want to be feeling good because of their partner. So if we could just be a little more open with all that, our cortisol levels for one would just drop significantly because we wouldn't spend half the day in the wondering phase and the beating ourselves up and the what if it doesn't come and why haven't they reached out and they said they would call and they're not enough, right? It's as simple as like, send a text, hey, you still alive? No? All right. (laughs) I mean, come on. Like, pick up a phone and just say, like, leave a voice message or whatever. One of those little, you know, the voice messaging app or something that just says, hey, thinking of you and feel like we haven't connected. And for whatever reason, you know, I'm just kind of feeling whatever. Just tell them how you're feeling and then just (laughs) ask for more. And then before you do that, though, just really evaluate, like, does it make sense? I mean, I'm going to use the case of like the person who just talked all night long the night before and the next morning is really just because they said like, yeah, we'll talk tomorrow or whatever. And now you're all up in your stuff because it's been three days. I mean, they just gave a lot of themselves. Let's start with that. You know, I think that that is something that we forget sometimes that like when somebody really like, let's say you spend an afternoon with somebody back and forth banter or whatever. And then you don't hear from them for a while. It could be because they just had a really great experience with you. They want to stay on that high note for a little while. It's like, I don't need to now keep watering this. I just gave it a full dose of water and I'm going to give it a few days to grow. Like, that's healthy. (laughs) You know what I mean? It would be unreasonable to expect that somebody could spend day in and day out constantly communicating with you when they have a job. They have other things in their life that are of value and importance and Would you really want, this is what I just said to my friend the other night, would you really want the lazy slob guy who is sitting around all day on his couch texting with you and isn't like out there being a go-getter and doing things and like, no, you want somebody with an active social life, with a busy work schedule, who's a hard worker, like that's what is on your list of your desires for a partner. And now you have that and you're disappointed that they're not lounging around in bed talking to you all day. <laughs> like, really think about it. And like, I want to say that the response was something to the effect that they used to be able to sort of juggle that. But that is not an expectation that can be carried on forever. Even if you guys go through these little spurts where like, you're so excited about each other that all day long you can't put your phone down and whatever. That stuff can't be a forever thing. Because at that point, you'd be like jeopardizing your job. You, I mean, you got to be able to balance it. Otherwise, it starts to be like work to that person, right? And if you start interfering and tugging at the time that they have to commit to all these other things, it's going to feel like, ooh, I might need to cut this free because it's really hindering my ability to do my job well. You want to be an asset in their mind. You want to be you know, somebody who is supportive and all those things, but not somebody who's a time suck and um, needy, right? So um, let me take a quick break because this is a great halftime spot. And then when I get back, I've got so much more to come, so don't go anywhere. If anybody has a friend, family member, or you yourself is looking for a supportive Facebook group where you can be around other people who have had soul-crushing loss and are looking for ways to get through it. I have a private Facebook group called Connection Beyond Struggle where we are supporting one another. I am doing free coaching inside 
And it is just a beautiful space to feel understood and to have a place to be able to vent and to share wins. And um, you can grab the link to join that inside the podcast description for today. And it might just take a little bit for me to accept you in because it's a private group, but I would love to see you on the inside. So back to the show, guys. So after all of that information in the first half of the show, I want to encourage those of you who are like, oh my goodness, this is so me and I need so much help. I want to tell you that one, there is help out there. You could get um, some help with a therapist to get through some of this stuff because yes, some of it was formed in childhood. Um, I can tell you I'm currently in a certification to get my hypnotherapy certification and I know for a fact that that can help with these things as well. Um, but what I would say is that you can change this. This is not something you are now stuck with. This is not a way that it has to be. It's more about your past than it is about your present, you know? And so there are ways to get through this. And sometimes just being in a partnership with somebody who's securely attached, that can do it. And I do think on some levels, that was my husband. He had like, he was just really good that way. Like he didn't really sweat things um and he was good at like the reinforcement but without like enabling me to like sort of you know I mean I don't know I never really went I guess I wasn't all that anxiously attached but um because I don't think that I did go down that spiral of like when I didn't hear from him none of that ever came up but that's because again I think I was in a a marriage with somebody who was just so healthy (laughs) you know what I mean like I can say when I look around at the men around me often my friends, you know, husbands and things, I always think to myself, like, how lucky I got because he, I don't think I knew that all of these different personality types sort of existed. Um, (laughs) I just sort of gravitated towards what I knew I needed in a relationship. And I got lucky to stumble on somebody who was securely attached, but I very easily could have stumbled into a million different personality types that might have clashed with where I was at. And those are probably the ones that failed. I mean, the reason him and I succeeded so well was probably because where I lacked, he, you know, did well. So that ended up working out for me. But again, I don't I don't believe that just because somebody who is securely attached can fix this for you, I don't think that that's the healthy way to go about it. I truly believe it's inner work that has to happen because it'll show up in other areas, not just your love relationships. It'll show up all over the place. You know, I mean, you don't want to be at the grocery store and then something happens and all of a sudden, like, you're going to just put everything on yourself. Like, oh, this was my doing. What did I, I shouldn't have. That stuff's crazy. You, you are not in control of other people's behaviors, the reactions, the things going on around you. Not everything. It's like a self-absorbed thing almost. Like, we think it's all about us. It's really not. Uh, but that constant feedback loop um, of keeping you super anxious and wondering and self-doubting all the time, it can leak into everything. Your job, you know, what did my boss think? You know, like I said, even the grocery store, it can show up anywhere. And so now we're talking about something that's going to be constantly, so take the relationship right out of it. It's going to be constantly feeding your body cortisol because you are never getting a break from this this internal dialogue of not enoughness. (laughs) I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean? It's like, you can't keep having that cycle back around and around in your head of like, oh, was it something I said? 
maybe I should have done this. I don't want to write the email because I don't want to be the one who comes off this way or ruffles feathers. Like, stop it. Uh, even last night, I sort of grabbed the bull by the horn, so to speak. And just like, I think when you dump out your emotional stuff and tell people exactly what you think, feel, sometimes it just feels like, oh, weight off your chest. Like, yeah. And whatever their reaction is, is. And um, I didn't have that attachment to what happens next, whether they react one way or another. Because I know what my intent was. I know what I said. I know how I felt. And I stand behind it. So when you're confident in that way and you're like, yeah, I feel good about this because this is my truth, (laughs) you know, live in that and let that be enough because you're enough and nobody's validation is going to make anything easier or, you know, make you any better. You're already enough. (laughs) It's like this, this constant need for validation that I used to have, I didn't know was a thing. I just knew that I loved it. I love that he gave me that because it was like, you know, you you get ready and you might feel like you look good, but when somebody looks at you and goes, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Like you feel like, oh, good. Like that's awesome. That's what I was hoping for. You know what I mean? And it satisfies this part in you. So um, I guess I didn't recognize that I was on some level still looking for a little validation because I wanted to know what I thought in my head. I wanted somebody to just verify that for me. It was like, I already knew I was proud of myself for achieving whatever. But when someone else goes, oh my gosh, this is my amazingly intelligent wife who just did this. It's like, oh yes, that makes you feel good, right? So there is this little like dopamine or, you know, there's, there's some rush you get from compliments from somebody that you care about. Um, I think to identify whether or not it's healthy or unhealthy has more to do with like when the lack of it is there, when you're not getting that, what happens to you? So when I wouldn't get it, I was still good. So maybe not so much attached that way because in the absence of it, it was, it had already spilled over enough for me to feel it all the time. But maybe again, that's just because he gave me an excess of it. But if you're not getting it and then you start getting real like weird about, oh, does it not look good then? He didn't say anything. Did he not notice my new pants or my new haircut or, you know, that I got my nails done? He didn't say anything about it. Then you're starting to get into that anxious attachment style. And you know as well as I do, you can feel when that cortisol's running, right? We all know what that feels like. You can probably, if you just sort of right now, think of like an anxious situation like that where you feel it in your body, Um, that's where some of the process work can come in because you should get to a place where you don't feel that, which usually means that you've calmed down that cortisol release. If you don't feel that spike, like for me, it was like just below my throat where I feel that feeling of like, oh no. Um, and so I can kind of tune into that part of my body and know whether I'm sort of keeping the Zen or not. (laughs) Am I getting all like worried for nothing? Um, and it's, it's helpful to have that sort of thing to cue into so that way you can check in with yourself from time to time. Um, because once it starts to, the slow leak of cortisol that is constantly sort of there is this underlier, um, it can just really upset all kinds of things. And um, I don't want that for you. I want you to be free. I, I think my husband's cancer honestly was fed by that cortisol. I think it's what took his life. So I feel so passionate around the concept of cortisol, um, for people because he had everything else figured out. You know, I mean, we, I've talked about this before, but for new listeners, he drank the water. He was like 
I mean, he didn't have to work out to look fit. He had that wedge-shaped, muscular, no fat on his body without having to do anything, but he did work out. Um, and he, um, you know, had healthy outlets, and he got plenty of rest at night. He took all the vitamins. He ate all the leafy vegetables that were organic and whatever. And, you know, he tried everything and that we changed everything. I mean, from the pans that we used, everything, 5G, like we got rid of all the stuff that we could possibly, that could have possibly fed a cancer. And literally the only thing we never found a way to control was his stress and cortisol levels. And why is that? Because the word cancer will make you poop your pants. It will make you lose your mind. You just start thinking of future um, things that are going to come to pass or that could come to pass or that you're afraid will come to pass and you just start spiraling and it's that simple. You worry about your people, who you're going to leave behind, what did I do, what didn't I do, is there anything else I can do? It's like a feedback loop of constant, constant um, fear, anxiety, so if you were an anxious person before, it puts it skyrockets it. And my husband was anxious before, um, and not like you would never know it to have seen him. He didn't seem anxious at all. He actually always had that sort of cool, calm, collected look. But I knew him intimately enough to know that he had this low-level OCD, obsessive-compulsive disorder, where... Um, you know, if he, if we left the house for the weekend, he would be in his mind a little bit like, did I remember to lock the door? Did I, you know, there's certain things that gave him a little constant feed of stress and cortisol release. Um, little things like that was weird. It was like not about everything. Sometimes germ things like he loved to wash his hands immediately, uh, after shaking someone's hand and stuff like he didn't love all that. Like, but it wasn't like, you know, some people that have to tap something three times and do a pattern or anything. He, but he definitely had certain things that, you know, they weighed on him a little bit if he didn't address them. Do you know what I mean? Like if he didn't at least recheck the door once or whatever, if he didn't like look back to make sure he grabbed everything from the table when we left, like all those little things. But imagine that now, like, so this underlying low level anxiety and then complement it with like, now cancer, ooh, you know? So it it got to a point where, yeah, there was a lot of fear base around family and job. And he always thought he was going to fight his cancer, right? And so when you think that, you're also worried about perception and who's going to find out that I have this cancer battle and is it going to affect my job? Um, you know, he was really in a place where he was about to be a CEO of a bank eventually. Like this was where his career path was going. So when that's all the case and you have so much of like, you don't want these outside eyes on you questioning whether, you know, you're healthy and well enough to be able to do your job. And so there was so many multiple layers of this um, that were going on for him. And all I can tell you guys is like, you have to get ahead of this. Take care of making sure your stress is low now when you have the opportunity to, because if anything ever gets jeopardized in your health, um, which will happen eventually if this cortisol is slowly releasing all the time, um, then once you get that diagnosis, there's just nothing else that could be other than it amplifying, right? Because I mean, the distress doesn't get less because you're sick. So you got to think of it that way. Like now is the time before you ever hear any news like that to make the changes in your life, to feel confident, secure, relaxed, 
roll with the flow of life, you know, stop thinking about tomorrow and stay super present because staying present is kind of the answer to most everything. And I used to think that just means, oh, stop worrying about the future. No, it's deeper than that. It's like, we're not going to just harp on guilt and all these awful energies of worrying about things that already came to pass, which is focusing on the past. And we're also not going to future worry because that's Honestly, thoughts become things. You're going to just put that into your future. I just had this happen this weekend, actually, guys. I got a speeding ticket. I'm not even going to tell you how fast I was going. Oh, so stupid. The whole thing was I knew I was going so fast and I was just starting to slow down and pull in. And then I looked over and, oh, yep, there's the radar. <laughs> I was like, I, this is the first time ever that I wasn't like, you know, usually emotionally I'm like nervous and like almost to tears and like a mess when I see a, uh, the cop lights go on. This time I was like almost laughing and this woman was wonderful and she didn't, she like smiled with me and was like, I really appreciate your energy. I'm like, I just, there's no excuse for it. Like this was all on me. I'd, I lost my, like I was just driving and I wasn't even thinking. I had no idea like what the speed limit was in the area I was driving. My brain was elsewhere. I was just trying to get somewhere fast and there was just no excuse. So all I could do is just be like, I'm totally guilty. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh, I just didn't even know what to say. And she like, anyway, where was I going with all of this? Um, <laughs> sometimes these little sidetrack stories. Um, Oh, that's right. So, um, so what I was going to say is that, you know, as your thoughts become things, I manifested this in my life. I totally manifested this. I just said to my son the other night and I was driving home from basketball practice, I should be pulled over. Like I've been driving way too fast lately. Like it, I'm going to get pulled over. And then lo and behold, the universe handed me what I asked for. So you know, we just need to make sure if we stay present, we don't jump to making comments about future things or think about like what could happen or whatever. It These things don't happen as frequently. When we start like worrying about future events and things um, that haven't even come to pass, then yeah, it is kind of inviting it to show up at your door. So staying present can help you on a lot of levels, but especially when we start talking about what you're bringing in to your future through thoughts, then you definitely want to stay present and you want to stay focused on the things that you have to be grateful for, because then you are going to manifest more of that in your life. Um, but any of the worry stuff or like, will they text? I'm going to get back to that because I know my friends that are listening right now that we've been talking about this stuff or will they call or who cares? <laughs> Give them slack. Let them be their own person that you adore them for. Right. Um, and when they have you on their mind, they will reach out. My guess is they have you on their mind even when they're not reaching out, but they're busy. So let them be busy and you be busy. Do the things you love. Keep your mind full of things that bring you joy. And then you're going to have the joyous moment of getting the text you're waiting for because you're going to attract it to yourself. But the, the like needy clingy energy of like, uh, like you just start shooting out these random little like texts or like you, you keep phone bombing them and calling them all the time. That is not going to help your situation. Um, because your energy is ick. And so unless you want more of their icky energy, stop being icky energy, right? Whatever you are is what you're going to attract. So start being, not just being, but feeling really good inside instead of really stressed. Because if you're feeling really stressed and you can't bust out of that cycle, you can only attract more stress to your life. And that is a cycle you can't afford. Because when I'm talking about your health, I'm talking about your physical health, 
your mental health, your spiritual health, your relationships, and all of these things that's all negatively affected. You just can't jeopardize that. You have to be in a good place of just allowing. And it's hard because I get it. Like once you get excited about a relationship or to hear from somebody, like it is a bit of a bummer when it's quiet and you don't hear it. But just remember this. You know, there are times, think about your busiest time in your day or when things are kind of crazy or you're running out the door, you got to grab a million things or you're sitting in line for an appointment, but you can't really, you don't have the time to answer the text. Like my friend just texted me and I haven't had a chance to respond to her. Now she could be sitting at her house right now, like pacing and being like, why hasn't she said anything? I just sent her a message. It was an important thing. Did it, you know, did I not emphasize how important it was to me or who knows? But it isn't about that at all. I'm in the middle of something that I can't interrupt right now. And so there's so many things we don't know about someone else's life to just start filling in the blanks for ourselves and making up stories because we don't have the answers is ridiculous. Like just step away from needing to like fill the pages of that book and just let it be. They're doing their thing. So go to yours, you know, fill it with some fun things because I mean, for all you know, they've been stuck on the toilet all morning. I say that all the time to my friend. I'm like, yeah, they probably just woke up and then they're in the bathroom. They had to take a shower. They like the dishes needed to be put away. Who knows? It's so funny what we will make up for stories just to like, what, feed the wrong wolf, so to speak. Like, why are we feeding this wolf that is needy and worried and whatever and assuming the worst? Like, start feeding the one that like... I don't know, is it secure? You are secure. You, I know you have it in you. I think we all have the potential within us to be secure and to know our worth and to know that we're amazing. So if they haven't reached out, it, it is their loss. It's not yours, right? Like, so let that be. That's fine. Uh, and then <laughs> the funny thing is you become this energy that people want to be around because you're confident and secure and whatever. And then all of a sudden you're going to have more texts flying your way than you can manage. And you're going to end up being the person not getting back to people because you don't, don't have the time. So just back off a little bit from it. Um, and usually all of a sudden everything turns on again. But then it's funny because it can be a cycle and it can be something you go back to. Sometimes I wonder if cortisol is an addictive chemical um, because there are certain things that are very similar to like, you know, addictive hormones and things where you do like people do get addicted to getting those positive rushes. Maybe on some level we're really addicted to those negative feedback loops as well. And that's so bad. Um, we want to cut those ties altogether. There's people that can help you do that, guys. There really are. Um, if you're if you're relating a lot to this episode in the way of like, whoa, I do that a lot more than I thought, um, you're not alone. It's a big problem. Like I said, this week, it's all I'm hearing from members in my group, friends. Um, and even like I said, I noticed some of it in my own life. And I'm really feeling like I'm in a healthy place right now, but even still, I recognize some patterns that maybe I wasn't even aware of before, but now that I am aware of them, um, I'm constantly turning my back on them. I am constantly saying, uh, no, <laughs> you're not going to make this about yourself. You're not going to worry about it. Uh, because what good comes of that anyway? Have you ever really thought about worry? What good comes from it? You could sit there all day pacing, worrying, wondering, waiting, you know, texting your friends, complaining about it. Nothing at all good just came from any of those actions and behaviors, but a lot of bad just did. So consider that, <laughs> you know, first, don't reach out to other people and complain all day long. 
I think that's a huge thing because, you know, what you verbalize, what you put out there, it is energy and it does put it into the universe that this is my situation. It's bad. It's bad. Do you really want that? Instead, encourage, empower, like all that stuff and just be like, really take the time to find something about yourself that you're really proud of or that makes you feel really good or that you know is really great and then just kind of stay in that like that's the polar opposite right so if you can sort of stay in that pool for a little while you'll start to feel how it affects your mood and how much better you feel and then it starts to spill over like I said into that law of attraction buffer where like now you're putting out the good vibrations the good energies and suddenly all that stuff comes back. So then you have real things to be happy for and excited about that really start to like light up your world. But don't fall back into the cycle of like, oh, because now they're texting me again. That's why I feel good. No, you're going to give yourself the credit for it because you did this. You did it because you're amazing and you're going to stay with that. And now they're welcome to come into your good energy bubble. But you have to have that bubble first. And if if anything, they're just going to make it a little more radiant and glowing, but they're not the thing. They're not the catalyst, right? And catalyst being like, they're not like causing this effect. They are not in any way the thing that's making you feel good and validated. you got to remember that. They're now coming at you because you feel good and validated, right? So it's coming after. It's not the catalyst causing the thing. So I think that if we can look at it a little differently and realize that we are the answer to this problem, not the person responding or giving you what you think you need, but you being really good inside um, and confident enough to just let space and time go a little bit, you know? (laughs) It's easier said than done, maybe, but I think all of you have it in you, so guys, for this week, I guess that's all. Um, I'm happy that you joined me on this journey, as always. I hope this hit for a few of you. I know it hit for a few of you. Um, And I hope anybody who hasn't yet likes, subscribes, follows, all the stuff to keep this podcast running. I'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.